0: Child abuse is a topic too often kept quiet. But the fact is, it's happening, every day, everywhere. Children's Advocacy Centers are changing the way we respond to abuse and offering help and hope to families going through unthinkable situations. Today we'll talk about the incredible difference they can make for survivors of abuse and a push in the Oregon Legislature to offer more support. From KGW News, this is Straight Talk with Laurel Porter.
1: Hello and welcome to Straight Talk, I'm Laurel Porter. Here on Straight Talk, we're working to break the silence about child abuse in Oregon. It's been called society's dirty secret because few people feel comfortable talking about it. But the silence is having a devastating impact on our children. There are 34 confirmed victims of child abuse each day in Oregon, and experts believe cases of abuse remain underreported. That's why an Oregon lawmaker is teaming up with the Oregon Network of Child Abuse Intervention Centers to pass legislation that could make a real difference in cities and rural communities across the state. Joining us to tell us why this legislation and more funding are important, and how the network serves communities in Oregon. Welcome to my guest, Becky Jones, the executive director of the Oregon Network of Child Abuse Intervention Centers. Oregon State Representative, Anna Williams, a Democrat who represents District 52, which includes East Multnomah, Northeast Clackamas, and Hood River Counties. She is the vice chair of the legislature's Human Services and Housing Committee. Also joining us, the sheriff of Hood River County, Matt English. He was raised in Sherman County, one of Oregon's frontier counties. 22 year law enforcement veteran who has seen firsthand how important Children Advocacy Centers are. Welcome to Straight Talk, it's so great to have you here to talk about this important topic. Yeah, thank you. Yes, thank you. Let me start by asking each of you why you feel so passionate about this issue of stopping child abuse and we'll start with Becky Jones.
2: Yeah, um, so I started my career working in a high-level group home in California. And what I saw is that a lot of children, if they aren't given the right services and supports, they just don't have a shot. Um, They don't have a shot at, um, things that we should guarantee for all children. And it's really lit a fire in my heart and my soul. And um, it happens here every single day. And it's, you know, happening in our communities. And uh, we can stop it. So I'm really hopeful and glad you're having us here today.
1: Representative Anna Williams, how about you?
3: I mean, similar to what Becky said, I started my career in social work and I worked with victims and survivors of family abuse and seeing the difference between um, when a kid gets the care they need and the trauma-informed services that can really help them succeed after they've been hurt uh, and when they don't and how much they struggle. It just seems like the right thing to do for our state to make sure that every kid in Oregon has access to the Child Advocacy Center so that we can really Focus on them being in school and being happy and healthy and just getting to be a child.
1: How about you, Sheriff English?
0: You know, I, in my career, I've seen uh, the impacts that child abuse has on um, not only the victims or families uh, and the trauma that it can cause, um, and I've seen what the impact of of excellent services and access to services can have in our communities. And so I'm really passionate about it because I've seen both sides of the coin. Um, and so I. I've had the opportunity to be on our local CAC board uh, for several years now and I jumped at that opportunity. Um, I just wanted to be able to make a difference, even if it's a small difference, just because I know how important these services are.
1: Well, we're glad that you're also committed to this. A lot of people at home have seen the headlines, some high profile mm-hmm. cases in the news. A few months ago, an Oregonian investigation revealed the late founder of Mercy Corps had abused his daughter for years. And then we learned of sex abuse allegations at the elite private school in Portland, Catlin Gable. A report says 21 faculty and staff are believed to have engaged in sexual misconduct from the 1960s to 2016. Becky, how did these headlines hit you about child abuse in Oregon?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, um, so it's no secret we're on this show, we work within this field, um, so they don't surprise us. Uh, Many of them are historical takes on what has happened and um, what we know is that it impacts people throughout their lifespan and we're very um, excited and proud for the survivors coming forward, that's very difficult to do. Um, And what we want folks to think about really is that, this is happening right now in their communities to children that will not ever have a, a story break on behalf of the services that they have not received or who that could be better, um, and so uh, we're hopeful that there's more awareness about this. Even coming here, talking about what works, you know, and in a way that's educating the public that can hopefully like make a change and um action you know as we talk later about grooming and what people can do in their community
1: um we're very hopeful that it's getting the coverage it deserves um we, we talked about the oregon network of child yes. abuse interventions intervention centers help us understand what that network is and we're going to talk a lot about child advocacy centers or cac's mm-hmm. what are those
2: yeah that's i love that you asked that that's the best thing um so You know, if you have never heard of a CAC, what happens is uh, there is this huge specialty now that didn't exist when CACs weren't um, available. So prior to CACs being available, families would have to travel to a bunch of different um, appointments. They'd go to the ER, they'd go see the child welfare office, they'd see a police station, maybe a pediatrician, and kids were having to tell their story to all these different people and getting re-traumatized, even though we were trying to help. Um, and so on the graphic, if you're listening on the podcast, you can't see it, there is a, a view on the left that shows a family having to go to all these places and children being re-interviewed and maybe seeing um, medical providers without a specialty in diagnosis. And then on the right is what happened with CECs, which is bringing all of these people um, into one area and creating a specialty for this um, very intense uh, need. And if you... You know don't know much about abuse I would equate it to children's cancer that we as a society know that that's devastating um, and that that's harmful for a family and the family needs wraparound full comprehensive collaborative support when they're going through this diagnosis um, and maybe even treatment and you know we we know that there should be specialists for cancer (laughs) you know we know that families should not have to worry about paying for where they're staying when their child is receiving treatment Um, and CACs really embody that we don't charge families for intervention services and we believe that children can heal um, they can tell their story and get therapy and that investigations um, though they're difficult can be done in a really traumatic or traumatic uh, trauma-informed excuse me not traumatic that's the opposite of what we're trying to do <laughs> <to, laughs> and there are 20, uh, trauma-informed 20 plus manner. centers
1: all across Absolutely, the state we, we do have a graphic that shows they're, they're everywhere and one of those is in the columbia gorge in hood river the cgcac and sheriff before you were sheriff one of your duties was investigating child abuse so you've seen firsthand what it was like before you had the CAC and after tell us about the difference
0: yeah it was I was uh, I was a detective for several years and one of my primary duties was investigating child abuse and um, when when I first started uh, we we were doing exactly like Becky said, we'd have to interview these kids at like a DHS office or at a law enforcement facility. Um, and oftentimes it was the caseworker and myself trying to conduct these interviews, and then you're also trying to come up with the questions. And and it's just, um, it was really difficult uh, to ensure that we we made good cases. Um, and then, you know, the, the other issue um, for us that was, it, it really, you can traumatize these kids more because you, you have to do more interviews. Um, sometimes you have to go back. Uh, and so that's, that's really where we wanted to reduce that that impact on kids. And, the, and when the CAC started, um, you know, it was really a community effort to get that going. And there were a lot of people that came forward to um, provide money for that and the, and the support and it made an immediate impact. Um, it was so incredible. Uh, to have these people come together in uh, a setting for kids that was not traumatic, um, where the families were taken care of, where the kids were taken care of, where you have specialty interviewers um, that know how to talk to these kids. And we could sit back and do our job more effectively and ensure that these kids didn't have to go into a court setting as much. We've seen massive impacts there. And the reduction of trials. And we'll um, talk
1: about that in just a minute, but I want to ask Representative Williams, you live in Hood River. What difference have you seen the CAC make to the region? And this isn't just in Hood River, right? It serves five counties.
3: Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I really love about the network of CACs is that um, the one in Hood River, uh, we have a bilingual forensic interviewer who can talk to kids in the language they're most comfortable explaining what happened. Each different CAC has something that they bring that's unique to their community that they really understand what the relationships are, what the, what the dynamics are and how to talk to the kids and the families in a way that like both of these other folks mentioned is very trauma-informed but also really rooted in what their day-to-day is and that's why it's so important to make sure that kids can get those services as close to their home as possible because it's really an understanding of um, you know, in a rural community, if you have to file a police report, you might be talking to somebody who knows you because their parent, their their spouse is your teacher. Or, you know, we have all these overlapping relationships. The CACs really understand what that looks like and how to protect a kid's confidentiality and support a family. So doing it in your home community just is such a powerful healing opportunity to have your story be told one time and then used for accountability purposes. Um, that's the thing I've seen the most about the Columbia Gorge CAC is that we've moved from accusation to accountability so much more quickly and
1: these kids can just get back the families can get back to living their lives we have a a video clip from a, a mom in central oregon who found out she's the mom of three daughters and she found out through school officials that her husband had been abusing her daughter he was eventually charged with 26 counts of child abuse we have a clip of her talking about how important the kids center which is the cac in bend was to her and her family let's listen I don't know where we would be without them. I remember it being just this colorful, warm,
2: welcoming place and I had all three of my daughters with me and they all received a blanket that day as well as a stuffed animal. After she spoke with the interviewer, there was just a sense of relief. Um, I just remember hugging her and kind of looking at my mom and being like, Okay, we're gonna be okay. There was just this, you know, unspoken soundness in the room.
1: It's just heartbreaking to hear her story, but you can see how grateful she is for the Kids Center. Representative Williams, you are sponsoring a bill in the House that we want to talk about because it's meant to help these centers like the Kids Center there, the one in Hood River, the, the dozen, two dozen or so in the rest of Oregon. How important is it to you to get this House Bill 4112 through this session and why?
3: This is my top legislative priority this session and I think uh, we've been going around in the State House and I've been asking other people to support it and I just get really animated um, about it. It's something that (laughs) I am really committed to. Uh, It's a three part bill and we passed it through uh, the House Human Services and Housing Committee last session. It didn't end up getting funded. So we've cut it down to just be a one year bill instead of a two year bill, but it adds funding to the CAC network Right now we're funding them at about 17% from the state and we'd bump that up to about 30%. And then we did this really cool thing because um, I just really focused on rural equity in the state of Oregon. So um, Department of Justice went through and looked at distance to service for that folks have to travel in order to get to their CAC. And so they used a rural multiplier to say, For communities where people have to travel two or three hours to get to their CAC, we're going to pay them a little bit more um, per head in terms of their client base because it's harder to keep providers in rural communities and we really need the best people at the CACs. We need to be able to pay these folks so they want to stay in our small towns and provide this service. So that's part number one. Part number two would be one um, full, full-time full position at the Department of Ed to implement what's called Aaron's Law. And tell us about Aaron's Law. Aaron's Law requires uh, school districts to teach child abuse prevention in their schools in a way that is um, age appropriate and that scaffolds through uh, So what you learn in first or second grade helps you understand then what you're learning in fifth and sixth grade about safe touches and grooming, which I know we're gonna talk a little bit more about, um, who to talk to, uh, what a safe adult feels like, um, and and the kinds of things that help kids really be empowered to understand um, this didn't feel right and I know how to handle this now. And also um, it pays for a study,
1: tell me about that.
3: The last piece, yes, is the Oregon Child Abuse Prevalence Study and it's a a really cool model that, gets to how what are kids witnessing and what are they surviving instead of just what's being reported a lot of times we allocate funding based on reporting data Mm -hmm. and we know that so much especially sexual abuse doesn't get reported because it's awkward or scary it's hard to talk about or we don't necessarily trust that when i report it it's going to turn into um, appropriate services and so this helps people feel more confident if you report it Um, we're going to be able to respond, but we're also going to be able to say there are some hot spots potentially in the state that we're not aware of because the reporting isn't happening. We can find that out and then really invest in appropriate um, interventions because accountability is the thing that stops child abuse. Until we know where it's happening, we can't put the the resources into play to stop what's going on.
1: How important is this bill, Becky, to to, to all the uh, CACs throughout the state?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's really, really important. We're excited. It has all three parts because it's very comprehensive, which is the nature of CACs, right? We care about the prevention, the intervention, and the healing um, that comes along with uh, abuse, you know? And it's incredibly important that we um, realize that a child who um, may have concerns of abuse deserves a specialist who is trained in diagnosing that abuse. It is not an elective thing. We can't Um, you know, be excited if two in 10 children have access. Uh, We have to change our thinking about this and really uh, require and demand that it happens for every child who needs it. Um, The added benefit of uh, people coming together from the CAC perspective and funding these intervention services that are not elective elective again and that uh, really create hope and healing at the right time. The added benefit is that we can stop asking our very rural (laughs) communities, our frontier communities, communities without Um, a very uh, strong resource base of private funding to run things like bake sales and auctions um, in their community that just doesn't have the private funding to pay for an appropriate medical provider. Um, That's ridiculous. And so it's very much about rural justice um, for children. And uh, it allows us, if we fully fund intervention, which this won't fully do, but if we get there, we can move all of that time and effort that we spend trying to um, get the funding to fund people and push it towards
1: prevention and that's the heart of what we want to be doing go back to something that you mentioned sheriff about reduction in criminal cases and these are some stats you provided these come from the Hood River District Attorney and the Columbia Gorge CAC since opening in 2009 to 2019 the CG CAC has seen 730 cases in Hood River County only four criminal cases have gone to trial Prior to that, the DA averaged two trials per year at an estimated cost of nine dollars to $12,000. And since service began in Wasco County in 2017, there hasn't been a single criminal trial in Wasco County and only one in Gilliam County. People might be watching and say, well, doesn't it seem like it'd be better if there were more criminal cases to get abusers off the street and to hold them accountable? Why is it good that there were only four criminal cases going to trial in Hood River County?
0: because uh, w- what's happening now is these cases just resolve. Um, the, the people that are accused know that, um, and their attorneys know that this is very sound evidence, um, that it was captured in a forensically sound way, and um, that uh, you know it's better to resolve the case instead of taking it to trial. And the benefits to the families and the kids are the fact they don't have to um, go through that trauma of testifying in a courtroom. So. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all positive, it's such a positive impact. And so, um, being able to see that and what the CAC has done for our region is just incredible.
1: And it's not all about convictions, right? It's not. Um,
2: CACs are neutral. They are there to gather evidence, even if it's evidence that uh, abuse has not occurred. Um, there are times where there's a fracture that has, um, you know, either from the health or, or um, there there just isn't actual evidence that it was caused by someone um, in an abusive way. And our doctors are specialized in noticing when, you know, that could have been genetic or there could have been some other probable. Uh, cause for that and you know just for viewers who don't know what resolved maybe means is that um, people tend to take plea deals you know if they if they know that there's nothing in the case that they can get around or uh, you know argue to not um, you know face the consequences of what uh, happens. If you harm a child, um, they will take a plea deal, and you know we hope also that they get really good rehabilitation, um, but we know it's good for kids when there is
1: accountability and justice. And it saves the county money. You, so much. You uh, provided some factoids that I, I wanna mm-hmm. mention. You say prevention is possible, and you say it isn't true that people who sexually offend were sexually abused in childhood necessarily. People who abuse children may not have a criminal record. Children are often abused by someone they know or trust, And listen to this 92% of children seen at Oregon's Children's Advocacy Centers last year knew their offender. I want to take a look at a video talking about who offenders might be.
2: Things like someone who is really intensely child focused. um, Somebody who spends all of their time with children or seems to, you know, latch on to one particular child. That would be a behavior that would be concerning. They're getting that child to stay after school and get one-on-one work with their homework.
0: Part of what I think we really miss when we think about sexual abuse is that women are perpetrators too.
1: And these abusers often groom their victims. There are some warning signs, the stages Mm -hmm. of grooming, something you talked about, Representative Williams, that children would learn through Aaron's Law in school. Tell us about some of these stages, some of these warning signs, Becky.
2: Yeah, so I think, um, you know, part of educating people is just to give them the confidence and to have the knowledge so they can trust their gut instinct. Um, So some of the stages are uh, offenders who are looking to target a child or their family members. Um, Another thing I wanna say is, oftentimes um, they are targeting the adults surrounding the child. We've seen that with the cases in the media lately, that really adults are also charmed (laughs) by people who are um, yeah, very willing and ready to harm children. Um, So they start with targeting the child and family and gaining that trust. Um, Part of gaining the trust is Also fulfilling a need, whether it's emotional, we're thinking of people who seek out vulnerable families, single parent households, um, households with substance abuse, where there's um, perceived vulnerability. Uh, So they're really looking for a certain type of person sometimes. Um, And then fulfilling the needs emotionally or physically, isolating that child, getting one-on-one, interactions with them, uh, sexualizing the relationship and then the, the final stage is maintaining control saying things to the child like um, you know this is normal uh, we your parents may know about this or you'll get in trouble if you say something um, you know just really uh, what we like to make known in the field is that children are no match for these adults who they're very um, cunning and, purposeful and uh, part of what we want to do is educate adults because we really feel like that's
1: where we can get uh, the most protection. Representative Williams, I want to ask you about your bill again. Uh, What do you want people to know about it and uh, how can people support you if if they feel like it's an important thing to get passed? So as I said earlier, I really love this bill and and because of what um, Becky said,
3: it looks at um, intervention, prevention, and response in the same way that the CACs do their work. So it's good public policy. Um, What people can do is they can uh, write in to support the bill. We'll be hearing this on February third in the House Human Services. So the first day of the session. First day of session. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had two hearings already on it during um, legislative days. We've gathered a lot of information, but public testimony will be welcome, and we'll also be able to submit written testimony. So if you'd like to have your voice added, uh, especially if you wanna support it, uh, feel free to reach out to my office. Uh, The email address there is rep.annawilliams at oregonlegislature.gov. And if you wanna send your testimony to us, we can then um, submit it to what's called OLIS, which would attach it to the bill as public testimony.
1: And we'll include your address again on our web story and also some of these video clips. Sheriff, just about 30 seconds left. Give us a final comment on what you would like families to know.
0: Um, You know, when we talk about grooming, one of the things that we would always try to impress upon families is that really reinforce that relationship with your child, that you love them unconditionally, that they can tell you anything. And then talk about body safety. What's a safe touch, what's not. And the private areas, of your body or off limits to other people and that you have to have those frank conversations um, with them and that that it's okay to do that. Um and that can really make a difference.
1: Well, I wanna thank you all for being here. Thank you for your hard work on behalf of our children and their safety. If you'd like more information, the website is www.childabuseintervention.org. And if you'd like to contact someone, you can email the same address, but info at childabuseintervention.org. And again, uh, one more really quick, the website for you is your address, Representative Williams? Rep.
3: Anna Williams
1: at OregonLegislature.gov. Thank you again, and thank you for watching and listening. Don't forget to download our new podcast. There's that QR code or go to your store wherever you get podcasts. Search for KGW Straight Talk. We'll see you next week for Straight Talk.